Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Oh, 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 Yeah, we're talking about O's today. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, 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 Not overstock.com, but O's, like singing O's, and it's and the fad, the, the current fad, the current fad. Actually, O's. that's not all what this episode's about. No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we were just we were I, 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 right before you hit record. I was singing that little um, uh, ten thousand reasons. Matt Redman, aka Bless the Lord, aka Bless the Lord. We're doing that song at, at my church on Sunday, and and we're doing it here on Sunday. How about that? Yeah. Didn't even plan it. Didn't, that's just did not. That's just the way. That's the way it rolls. That's the way we roll. When the Holy Spirit's leading us, come on. That's some Jesus juice right That's there. Jesus. It's, it's mad sauce Jesus. <laughs> it's mad sauce. <laughs> anyway, you have to listen to last week's episode for that. Episode 111. Yeah. And we're on 112 now, yeah? We are. 112. Yeah, that would make sense since last week was 111. <laughs> You'd think, wouldn't you? Anyway, so, um, so we're both doing 10,000 Reasons, and uh, I, I was just I'm thinking, doing like a total Matt Redman Sunday this way. Are you? This ya? week, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, so like... Um, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless be your name. You never mm-hmm. let go. And we're ending with never once. Come on. <laughs> Matt Redman all the way. We're, we're in Habakkuk, though. So, you know, we're kind of talking about... So, know, he has a lot of songs in that genre. Yeah, of, that kind of vibe, right? You know, valleys and yeah, trials. valleys and trials. And, and, and that whole thing. So, totally. So, it just worked out that way. But I anyway. Yeah, so um, I, I was just singing the... Um, um, the the little the little hook part you know and and they could do that little instrumental thing oh oh, oh. And i just commented to david mm-hmm. i'm like is it just me or is everyone doing the o thing now everyone is doing everyone's it. singing the everyone. o's and so my thought i mean i don't know if you can pinpoint like who kind of you know made it famous or who like made it popular but i was thinking back uh, back to the worship conference mm-hmm. that I that I always reference the uh, Paul Balash worship conference. Um, it was before uh, Paul Balash had even recorded um, the, his Glorious CD. Mm-hmm. So Glorious was like it was a, a brand new song. No one had, no one even had sung it. it hadn't been recorded, and he kind of taught it to us at the worship conference, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I remember that that next Sunday coming back to Lorwood and teaching and being like, "All right, guys, listen, this song hasn't even been recorded yet. You know, let let's learn it before like it gets famous." Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, in, in that um, in that song. You know, there's this whole part where it goes like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you are glorious, which I guess a lot of churches don't do. Um, we do. Well, we don't do that song here yet, but we did it. At, uh, yeah. yeah. So a, a lot, of, I mean, a lot of churches don't do the O part in the song. Like a lot of churches just omit that, you know? Um, but, you know, I, I I learned it from the worship conference and that was like, 
one of my favorite parts of the song and so mm-hmm. i brought it back and yeah. so so we do the o's you know um lincoln brewster right around the same time actually in this he wrote the song with paul balash so maybe that's where it all started maybe um was it today's the day yeah Start today with that. Oh, oh, oh oh yeah yeah oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah yeah today so. is the day yeah Oh, 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 yeah, or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so lots of O's going on, and I feel like maybe that was the point in history um, when the O thing started becoming cool. I don't know. I can't confirm it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't Could know. I, I don't know who made it popular or where it got, but point being, it's like everyone's now doing the mm-hmm. O thing. And uh, Matt Redman, we were just talking about the the bless the bless the Lord, oh my soul, um, and uh, I mean lots of other. I mean um, Hillsongs United. I was just mm-hmm. listening to a song by them. They had this whole O thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody's got some O's. Um, Matt Redman, uh, the t- uh, the first track on that ten thousand, uh, we are the free. I think it's called. Starts that oh 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 oh, you know, and and so yeah. like yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think. Doesn't Coldplay uh, on their uh, Milo Xyloto? They, yeah, there's some O's. There's on some that. O's on that one mm-hmm. too. Um, it's a f- if you're an American Idol fan. Uh, Phil Phil Phillips, his his uh song "Home" yep, is yep. all O's, mm-hmm. um, and I actually really like that song. I I uh, I kind of stopped watching American Idol halfway through, uh, and then I found out who the the winner was, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then I listened to his home song, and I'm like, yeah, but dude. This is one of the first years we didn't like talk about american idol a lot we didn't talk about it a lot this year did we no. yeah i kind of stopped watching it yeah. around the time when i can't remember who who was that got voted oh yeah it was that um that one dude the edgy guy um with the skinny jeans and the crazy hair um um you know the i couldn't blonde remember. hair i mean i I mean, I no way I could remember his name. Yeah, don't I'd have remember to look it. it up. Whatever, and I don't care enough to go. Don't look care it up. enough to even look it up. So, but Phil Phillips doing the the home thing. Um, uh, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who else uh, was it? Arcade Fire. They had some O thing. I don't know. Um, pretty sure, because of like. Yeah, it was Arcade Fire because it, it always reminds me of the tomahawk thing when I hear it. <laughs> tomahawk. Yeah, you know, the oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, but, okay, so here's what I've noticed. Yeah. So let me bring it all back around. So everyone's doing full the O. Full circle. Full circle. Here we go. So everyone's doing the O thing from from Paul Balash to Matt Redman to Phil Phillips to uh, Coldplay to any number of people. Everyone's doing it. You know what I've, I've noticed about the O things? It's all the O's at least that I can think of, are all based around a pentatonic scale. And I wonder if that's why it's like so catchy and it sounds so cool. Because you got that, you know, one, three, uh, one, two, three, five, six thing, right? Hmm. And, and, uh, um, so, so like, uh, you know, you get that tomahawk kind of Indian chief, uh, sound, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with that pentatonic scale. And, and, um, uh, you know, say, same with, um, uh, I'm trying to get the Phil Phil song, you know, Ba, da, 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 you know mm-hmm. so was that like um uh six five three one three four oh there's a four in there whoops oh well <laughs> but you get the point right mm-hmm. it's primarily based around this pentaton scale you know mm-hmm. uh ba, da, da, one uh one two oh, oh one the, three the four. whole melody of blessed yeah, lord is based da, around da, that 
ba da 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 dum that part mm-hmm. there uh five six five three one two mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's, it's all kind of very pentatonic mm-hmm. scalish and i wonder if that's what is so catchy it seems like in music there are these trends where like something gets really like you know cool like there's a, there's this really cool sound there's this really cool catchy thing and i wonder if that and, and it just catches your ear and you can't quite define it mm-hmm. and i wonder if that's what's going on Could here there, there's something like really kind of eerie and cool and haunting and and catchy about these o's mm-hmm. and i wonder if it's because they're all kind of based around a pentatonic scale i don't know you might have just solved it maybe all. i did it maybe you just I, totally spoiled it uh, and now you've Put a can on yeah, the and O's. Yeah, and now no one will over. do O's again. The mystery is gone. Yeah, no, what will happen, inevitably what will happen is everyone will start doing it and then people get tired of it. And then oh, yeah. no one, and then everyone will stop doing it because people are yeah, sick of it. Yeah, that's one of the things that drive me nuts, especially in Christian music. Yeah, like, it gets over. Like even kind of themes and songs. Like somebody has a popular song about a certain theme and then someone will go write you know another song and then you end up with 20 songs about that all the same yeah um, which it doesn't really seem to happen that much with the most important topics it's only with the other ones kind of kitsch topics mm-hmm. like it was kind of happening a little bit with the resurrection which was good because there weren't very many modern you know resurrection worship songs yeah and so a couple christ is risen and stuff came out right matt mark christ yeah. is risen from you know from the dead but like um Hill songs did a uh, number of uh, stronger forever uh, or not forever and stronger. Um, mm-hmm. um, ah, forgetting the other one. Yeah, yeah I, but so like you know, Phil Wickham came out with cannons. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you started hearing other songs with talking about galaxy and thunder, galaxy and, like, all this and other, other stuff that's basically ripping off the and, same idea. It's mm-hmm. like uh, we could we could probably think a little bit harder and come up with a little <laughs> more original. Content. But it happens, isn't that a trend yeah. of music? That's like, what happens. Um, you know, when when uh, when Coldplay first hit the scene, uh, FYI, both David and I were, were Coldplay fans. We'll just get that on the table we now. Um, you know, Coldplay came out with the song "Yellow," right? Mm-hmm. And it was their big breakthrough. You know, number one uh, single at the time. You know, and I remember hearing that song and being like, "Wow, I've never heard anything like this before." Mm-hmm. Like, it was different. It was. Um, um, like it was catchy, you know, had all this like, and, and there wasn't anything defined or discernibly different about it. It's just everything about the song and the mm-hmm. way it was arranged and mm-hmm. the instrumentation just sounds so good and fresh and new. Yeah. And then people started doing stuff like that, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then now it's totally ripped off and that's, you know, luckily they seem to have the genius to be able to recreate themselves every album for sure but like everyone else is basically ripping them off and making a lot of people are making a pretty good living yeah at just well, taking their ideas when, and rehashing remember when them. Viva La Vida came out mm-hmm. and like there was all this like um th- there was so much um um uh, dulcimer on the song mm-hmm. um you know the uh uh lo- lots of like hammer dulcimer and lots of like uh um uh, you know, multiple layers of like acoustic guitars, mm-hmm. and um, I mean even some like sitar stuff on mm-hmm. there. And I remember hearing it for the first time, just being like, "Man, this is weird." And then I kept listening to it. I'm like, "This is awesome." Mm-hmm. And then I noticed everyone else started doing it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> everyone else started adding like uh, dulcimer in their in their songs, mm-hmm. and 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 it just became like the yep. the new thing. So, so trendsetters, trends. O's O is the trend right now. Those cold plays. 
Pentatonic O's is the te- is the trend right now. We'll see those Coldplay kids. Those Coldplay kids. We'll see how long the Pentatonic O's last. But yeah. for now, I'm totally digging it. Yeah, like, they're cool. Like I said, the the Matt Redman. Not um, a whole lot of theological significance <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're like, let's see. What am I singing? Oh, yeah. We'd have to go. We could go back through and find because there's a lot of O's in scripture. There like, are. Oh Lord. Well, and and that song, Psalms, you the know. the ten thousand reasons song. It, I mean, it comes straight oh, from Psalm. Soul. Yeah, it comes straight from Psalm mm-hmm. one hundred three. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all mm-hmm. that is within me. Bless His holy name. And so, um, yeah, it, it definitely has the bless the Lord, O my soul. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There, yeah. there's your there. There's your theological oh. meat. I bet there's a lot. I bet we could actually like come up with a full on doctrinal statement about O. O. O Lord, save me from the pit. Mm -hmm. O my soul, rejoice. We should do that just Eh, for fun. Maybe. Come up with a whole thesis. Hey, so what we're talking about today, right, (laughs) (laughs) is not O's, not trend setting music, but speaking of public speaking the art of public speaking not really the art i've got a book up here somewhere called the art of public speaking there well the art of music copying the art of music that's from back in the day when you used to have to copy music by hand yeah now you just use computers yep that's way easier i don't think i have it up here i think it's at home how did people ever get by without computers think about that come on Ugh, i feel spoiled yeah feel way spoiled it's been a very uh amazing time of yeah. technology of course you, you realize that you know in five years or maybe even less people will be saying how how did we ever get by without ipads and iphones and well, five years from now we'll, we'll be talking man remember when we used to love our iphones and now we have yeah something else <laughs> the next <laughs> the next great thing yeah. wow but, um anyway public speaking it kind of it kind of does tie into our last podcast because because yeah. um, last in the last podcast we were talking about how we don't spend as much time preparing for worship as we do preparing for the performance of the music yeah and and unfortunately for us worship leaders this is this is also true we don't spend as much time preparing for our public speaking portions of worship services as we do in preparing the music you know yeah it's like. We'll we'll work the music to death to make sure we get it right, but then when it comes time to do that call to worship or to do that verbal transition in between this song and that song, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to talk about something something about Jesus. And then we'll start playing. Yeah, and like words and stuff, and then you get up there and you realize you have no clue what you're going to say, and you ramble on and totally waste that entire amount of time valuable time and just regain the flow the that momentum. you had when you probably would have been better to just not stop and talk if you didn't <laughs> have anything to say but um and i know that's that way for me where like i just think oh, i'll just get up there and i'll just you know say hello and and just call it good but mm-hmm. it's like you know i have a, a, a much greater responsibility as the host of our worship services to do more than just you know say a few words here and there. And if, you know, I'm not a very, you know, I'm not super charismatic. I'm not one of those guys that can just get up on stage and... Hey, everybody! and like, and just, like, capture an audience's attention and just go with it and, you know, and have a lot of fun. Uh, So I actually need to stop and prepare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... You know, yeah, funny funny you talk about that because um, this is actually something that... um, 
that I've, I've, I've actually been kind of trying to work on. So I'll, I'll just back it up, give a little history. Um, so I, I'm one of those guys that just rambles. Like I just talk and, um, you know, I, I kind of for a long time subscribed to the theory that if I just talk long enough, then I'll eventually, I'll eventually make sense. Right. Um, which can sometimes work, but a lot of times doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, I, I kind of got into this habit of just just talking a lot, and and then like I, I would just kind of repeat myself and say it different ways with the idea that like okay, well if I keep talking, eventually you know it will make sense. People will get me, and once they get me, like once they get it and they get me, then we can move on. Mm-hmm. But by that point, like you said, we've wasted just a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I got kind of talked to a number of times by uh, Pastor Mike and other people and just like, you know, I mean, re- you know, real, real nice. Like, you know, wasn't like some mean spirited thing, but just, you know, hey, Kevin, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, you know, maybe talk, maybe talk a little less. <laughs> maybe, maybe just don't say as much. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because we're like, we're probably like polar opposites. Yeah, right. Because I say like very little and you probably say very much. Too much. <laughs> so we're, so we're both working yeah. on it in different yeah. ways. Yeah. We're both working on it in different ways. So, um, uh, so sorry. So that's some of the backstory. Um, so let's fast forward now uh, to about six months ago. Um, uh, I, I uh, invited Miriam Gibby, who uh, David and I both know. She was the music the gibster, the gibster, the music chair at Multnomah for and which for like 112 episodes we've been saying we should have her on this podcast, and, and we've we never yet to have. get her on here. Come on! All right, we'll get it. We'll get her on uh, episode 113. We'll have Gibby. Um, no, but so I invited uh, Miriam Gibby to come out to our church and and just kind of um, come to a couple different services and you know sit and evaluate and and all that stuff. I mean, I really value her feedback. Um, I, I think she's a great worshiper. She's got a great worship heart. So I was like, hey, come out. Uh, give me give me some thoughts. So she shared some thoughts with me with our elders and um, you know one of the things she said, uh, which which. Um, you know, I I, I kind of filed uh, in in the back of my mind. Um, she she said something to the effect of, um, you know, hey, if you're if you're going to say something, just script it out. Uh, you know, even if you don't read the script, like just the process of writing out mm-hmm. what you're going to say can be so helpful uh, because then you actually have concise thoughts and you don't end up rambling. Um, so she's like, I, I, you know, she's, she just said it from personal experience. She said, I, I started doing that. I started just writing out, like if I was going to share something, um, I, I, I would write out what I was going to say. And then what ended up happening is the times that she did talk, it was very purposeful and intentional. And, um, suddenly, suddenly um, all those kind of ramblings and, and those like interjections between songs w- went away because every time she talked, there was a reason for it mm-hmm. and there was a purpose behind it. So I, I started doing that just uh, three weeks ago was the first time I tried it. We were doing uh, the song Be Thou My Vision and I wanted to share a little history behind the song to kind of just, cause, you know, there's some weird language in that song that, you know, people don't always understand uh you know some of these hymns love the hymns but the language isn't really modern well it's just way above our heads yeah we we (laughs) don't talk that way yeah um it's 
like Immortal Invisible. You think about the words on that one. Yeah, or Mighty Fortress is Our mm-hmm. God, um, which we're actually doing this Sunday for Father's Day. And um, yeah, anyway, so so I, I, I wanted to share a little history behind the song. You know, it, it's this Irish hymn, uh, this uh, Celtic hymn that was written, you know, literally like a thousand years ago. And so I did some research on it and I just typed up like three paragraphs and, um, and then Sunday morning came and I mean, I I didn't necessarily read from my script, but I had all that stuff written Mm -hmm. down and I had the sheet right there. So I was able to kind of reference it a couple times and it was actually really great. Like I, I was able to, in about 30, 45 seconds, share um the history of the song Mm -hmm. and why the song is significant and why we sing it even today um and well i think you know the same applies the same idea applies from how we would learn music to how we would public speak Ah. you know so we wouldn't we don't like to get up and and do a song where we're glued to the chart the whole time especially as the leader yeah we don't want to have our eyes glued down on that music get away from music and so like for public speaking we wouldn't want to do the same thing so like you know, we would want to internalize the song to a certain extent that we can look up from our music and engage the congregation. Well, if we're doing public speaking, if we're going to introduce a song, if we're going to do a call to worship, if we're going to do some kind of verbal transition, we we not only need to plan it out and prepare it, but we need to to be comfortable enough with it that we can we can share the idea in a concise and effective way, but also have our eyes up and do public speaking, you know, engage the congregation, look and make eye contact and do kind of the basic fundamental principles of public speaking. And, and, um, but being able to do it in, in a purposeful, meaningful way where you're not rambling. And so I did that three weeks ago. It worked great. Um, I I did just today. Uh, I, I, uh, um, I mentioned we're doing a mighty fortress is our God, you know, again, some weird language, you know, a bulwark Mm -hmm. never failing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, not too many kids these days talk about bulwarks. Um, (laughs) you know, it's a like a fortified uh, defensive wall, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm, I'm doing some research, finding out about the song. Typed up about four paragraphs, and um, and so I typed it up, and then I actually just sat at the piano and actually practiced kind of saying it, mm-hmm. um, which which for me, and I don't know if anyone else listening is like that, but uh, like it, it's the idea of like having to you know type something out and then practice it mm-hmm. almost like is offensive to me because right. I'm like. You know, I'm like, I, I know how to speak. I'm, mm-hmm. I can speak fine. Like, I can totally, you know, speak off the cuff and I can, you know, share my heart and share my feelings. Why am I sitting here at my piano mm-hmm. reading a script that I wrote, you know? You're like, too it, good for that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost mm-hmm. that mentality. And so yeah. I just had to, like, kind of humble myself in a way and say, you know what? Maybe you can speak, Kevin, but sometimes what comes out isn't always a good thing. <laughs> sometimes you ramble a little much. Um, and, and so I'm trying to just get to a place where I'm intentional and purposeful with everything I say. And if that means I have to write it out and then kind of use my, not, not necessarily read my script verbatim, but just use the ideas of the script. It's true, man. I'm telling you, writing, sometimes just the act of writing it out solidifies it in your mind so that mm-hmm. when you actually share it, you have something purposeful. You have something to say. Yeah. Not just an idea. Not just an idea. You think, oh, I'm going to talk about this. And in your mind, you never actually you know, put it to any kind of yeah. concrete form. Right. And so, like, and I would do that. I would do that all the time. Like, yeah, oh, I would do that all the time. About... Where, where I would, I would sit there mm. and I would say, "Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll just talk about Martin Luther, and you know, it's like fifteen, it's like you know, fifteen twenty-seven or so when he wrote the song, mm. and you know, kind of a kind of a, a battle cry, you know, for Protestant reformations. You know, I'll just say something like mm. that, but." Yeah. 
And so what you do is you ramble. Yeah. And and take a lot of time. What I do is I just don't talk. You just don't say And it. so so you've got you know, you've got you who just yeah. who you know just keeps going takes a lot of time out of the service and me who just makes it feel like a very unengaging, hmm. very unwelcoming, you know, it's just it's just come Awkward in and sing some or, songs and just yeah. go. You know, it's like we haven't actually you know, um where the idea came from for this I, for this podcast is from a guy named David Santa Stephen. Ah. Um, and he does a worship blog, a blog for worship leaders and musicians, davidsantastephen.com. And you can get the link in our show notes because uh, it's a long name. But um, he says at the very beginning, it's five steps to radically improve your public speaking as a worship leader. And at the very top of it, he says, if you want to influence, you need to speak. Hmm. And so... Um, if you think about it, um, how else are you going to influence somebody as a worship leader? You have the songs, but they're not usually your songs. And so your only influence becomes then, but, uh, from your relationship with the people in the congregation. Mm -hmm. And, um, he says, there's no question about it. The currency of effective leadership is communication. Hmm. And this is especially true as a worship leader. Um, and then he says, there's just one problem. I'm scared to death of it, <laughs> which, you know, probably a lot of people, probably a lot of worship leaders who got into worship leading because they love music and they love worshiping through music, but they don't they necessarily don't, they love don't think about the public speaking part. And you know, they might as well, you know, be hiding behind a curtain yeah. and still be just as terrified at the fact that they're going to have to say something in front of some people. But, um, so, you know, I think if we just if we just kind of commit to working on what we're going to say, and it doesn't have to be anything really profound, doesn't have to be no. really deep. It just has to be well thought out. It has to be purposeful. It has to has to be a transition. You know, if, if you're transitioning from from one thought to another thought, and you want to say something in between, then then it should be a transition from this to that, mm-hmm. not just hey, this happened to me, funny, ha ha ha. So here's a funny story. The other day, Song, yeah, you know? yeah, purposeful, and and I think. Um, yeah, I totally think that's where, um, you know, whether whether you're like me, uh, and and you just you know you always have something to say and you kind of ramble, or you know whether you're like you and and you you need something to you know be, you need something to actually like, uh, you know, to have in there to say. Regardless, I think again the act of scripting it out, like as 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 insulting as that might feel to your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, the last few weeks I've done it, it's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's helped me be purposeful. It's helped me be intentional. Well, it goes back to that idea we talked about on the podcast a long time ago. Um, when you're, pre- when you're preparing and planning for a worship service, it's not just minute, one minute for every minute that goes by. It's a minute for every single person per minute. Yeah, that's which in your is multiplied. That's so hundreds of minutes per minute that are going by that you're responsible for. Yeah. And so is it very responsible for me to just get up and not talk and just, you know, let let the entire experience kind of get washed away because I didn't engage people. Yeah, or is it, is it responsible for me to just ramble and waste yeah. a bunch of time and, you know. So we have to be good stewards of, of the, the compounding minute. Maybe that's what we should call it. The, the law com- of the compounding minute. That's a book right there. Yeah, man. That's man. a book title. <laughs> the law of the compounding minute. But um, Write that down. I know. I should, I should copyright. Hey, 
copyright. It's it's on this podcast. Okay. It's officially copywritten. All right, that's done. how that's how copyright technically works. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, you know, that's that's true for every for every minute from whether we're public speaking, whether we're singing, whether it's a video, whatever it is. Yeah. We have this responsibility, so we ought to spend a little more time and a little more effort in preparing our speaking, yeah. so that it's just as an, just as an effective form of worship yep. as the music. And it goes both ways. Whether you're uh, too much of a speaker, because you know, there's guys who literally, you know, like they'll they'll preach a little mini sermon before mm-hmm. each song. You know, um, you're like, dude, shut up! I just want to sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let let me let me sing. Let yeah. me worship. Let me experience this. You know, you don't need to stop me after every song and give some sort of you know five minute introduction. Um, so whether you're that extreme or whether you're the extreme of not even mm-hmm. like saying hi, mm-hmm. good morning. You know, mm-hmm. either way, I think what you said is really good. So, episode one twelve. There's also one other post I want to draw your attention to. Oh. Um, John Maxwell. Just uh, posted, just blogged about the idea, he, how he collects quotes. He collects quotes when he wants to use, you know, in the books and stuff. But he's got this whole filing system. And the same might be a good idea for us as worship leaders to kind of collect ideas. Maybe we find a quote from somebody that we want to use, or maybe we find a scripture, or we find a paragraph out of a book or something. You know, it might not be a bad idea for us to start collecting collecting and filing them in a category in a categorical way so that we can when we when we are doing a worship set on forgiveness or doing a worship set on faith or doing whatever theme we have quotes and stuff kind of filed away under theme or we have ideas that we could that we could build a worship set around or that we could use to help the worship set flow so yeah. we're not having to come up with just content from our on our own every mm-hmm. time but we just kind of are building a database of stuff that we can go to and build build it up so That'll be in the show notes as well. So okay. uh, both of those links will be in there. So go to our website, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com and uh, view this post and you will be able to see some of these posts that we're talking about. Also, you can email us at david of worshipministrycatalyst.com or, or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Leave us a mad sauce like at facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst. Or give us a mad sauce tweet. Twitter.com slash wmcatalyst. Yeah. Or a mad sauce voicemail, voicemail at one three six zero eight one eight four three three nine. Got it. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. I finally remembered the right. number. Got it. So thanks for listening to episode one twelve. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.